Rich Dad Poor Dad got it wrong. At least that's what Cody Sanchez thinks. So it turns out Rich Dad Poor Dad was wrong. And I'm going to tell you why. And I'm going to tell you how to use our investor matrix to get into millions. According to Cody, Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow quadrant is flawed. And I happen to be a big fan of Cody and Robert Kiyosaki. And so I'm going to see if her video and her cash flow quadrant version can sway me. This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. I think Rich Dad, Poor Dad has done things incredibly well, but I think he's misleading a lot of people with mm. the way that he talks about his cash flow quadrant. So in 10 minutes or so, we're gonna break down for you exactly why Robert Kiyosaki is a little bit outdated on this. Despite the fact that he sold 32 million books and is worth more than $100 million, I'm gonna come at him today. And I'm gonna say he got it wrong, kind of. And let me explain why. It's a bold claim. First of all, the reason that this is important is because if you get this right, this is how you truly become financially free. This is how you truly know that you're progressing towards freedom. Sometimes people will ask me, what is financial freedom? Is it a number like 20 million, no. my FU fund? I say no. Is it an employee type like business owner versus employee? Also no. Is it cash flow as in how much of it you have or don't have? Also no. It's not a number. It's not a type of worker you are. It is where you sit and what I'm calling the investor matrix. You see, there are four types of people in the world. We are all one of them. To truly achieve financial freedom and mastery, you have to know where you sit. I'm going to explain it to you. It took me the better part of a decade in investing in finance and working on Wall Street and PhDs and MBAs to learn this. But it started with Rich Dad, Poor Dad, because he talks about becoming wealthy in the realm of self-employed versus business owners versus investors versus employees. You can see it here on his cash flow matrix. The one sentence summary is he tells you that you need to move from employees to investors. Okay. That sounds pretty good in theory, but something bothered me. So I thought, what is he missing? Well, really, he's just telling you how the IRS labels you. He's telling you your taxation status. That is maybe step one in financial freedom, but it's far from the closing of the chapter. It's just a label. And that actually doesn't make you more money, which is what we're actually into. Instead of obsessing about whether you're a W-2 or a, have K-1s or a 1099, we need to think about how to progress in a financial literacy, which sounds boring, except it makes you a lot of money. My biggest critique on this so far is like, okay, financial literacy, financial freedom, like it should be about intentionally living. It's not where you live on the matrix. And I actually think Robert Kiyosaki's biggest takeaway is you're financially free when you have enough money coming in to live your your life. Because the truth of it is, it is a total fallacy that you can't be a worker and be a billionaire or massively financially free. Just ask Sheryl Sandberg, W2. Just ask 54 of the 400 Forbes billionaires who are employees, not owners. Just look at all of the billionaires who bought out the companies they worked for and got equity at the companies. Just ask all the W2s of large corporations who pay themselves $1 salaries and thus avoid taxation. Your W2 status has nothing to do with you being financially free. Nothing. Sorry, Robert, I think you're wrong. And here's my first iteration of what I think is- I wouldn't say nothing, but I, I tend to agree more with her than Robert Kiyosaki on the W-2 versus self-employed. Right, what do you actually pursue? And it's something I never named previously, but I used to amass my wealth. In the 124 conversations I've had with eight and nine figure net worth humans, what they told me is they don't care about their tax status, they care about their investor status. So if you wanna climb the pyramid, I think this may help you. 
All right, here's the framework. Investor matrix is divided into four types of people. Inside of each category is a sliding scale, but let's simplify to four. We've got spender savers, general investors, calculated investors, master allocators. On the left side of the matrix are the S's and the G's. Those are the spender savers and the general investors. Now on this segment of it, these people, they know the least about investing, mm -hmm. they pay the most in taxes and they have the least financial freedom. But each is a little bit different. The spender saver or the S brings in money, thinks he's using it, but it's really using him. He buys liabilities like cars, houses, vacations, and things to fill the houses, cars, and vacations with. Savings, whatever money is left after earning, goes into savings account, which is good. Bravo, guy. But he doesn't realize that it's not keeping up with inflation or is just purchasing the next thing. So he feels like a hamster on a wheel, right? Also, this comes with a vanity. Somehow looking rich has become more important than being rich. Feeling financially secure is more important than becoming a master of money. Not smart. Lastly is non-fluency. The S's work hard for money because they don't truly understand it. They have to keep working for it because they don't know how to make it work for them. Now, before you go, those guys are idiots. This was me for many years. I was working in investment banking, living life, and at the end of the day, not having much to show for it. Yeah. It's okay. Everybody starts here. And I would say one word, consumption. This The, the S is consume. Second one, G is for general investor. Here are the characteristics of a general investor. Desire. People in this quadrant have started realizing they need to invest because they desperately want freedom. They want to escape having a job or taking on a client or not being able to move if they want to. Second, reliance. People in this group invest in things like the stock market with their financial advisor. They pay 1% for her to figure it all out and they just leave it in her hands. If I were to ask them what they were invested in across wouldn't the board, know. they wouldn't know. Yeah. Or if they did, they wouldn't know why. Does that resonate with you? Maybe you're sitting here. The next is FOMO. Because you feel like you have this deep need to be free, you can sometimes get talked into get rich quick schemes like day trading, crypto strategies, throwing money into crowdfunding or AngelList. Yeah. This is where most people sit all of their life this level, never quite free. And I would say to that is a lot of people don't have a strategy and a common in the G quadrant would be they don't know why they're investing and they don't know how that translates into a future result. Then you get on the right side of the contrarian investor matrix and on the right side or the tippy toppy are the C's and M's. They pay the least in taxes and create or invest in assets that produce cash flow for them even while they're sleeping. We call that passive or horizontal income. Each is a little bit different. The C stands for calculated investors. Unlike those in the G's, they allocate money and they do it strategically. The first characteristic Strategy. is education. If you've educated yourselves on how investing, finance, money, taxes, and various asset classes yeah. work, you might be in this category. You understand the language of money, the terminology, how to use it. You could smell bullshit and never blindly trust another with their finances. You do your own due diligence. The third characteristic is they know their financial picture. Yeah. You know your net worth. You agree. have that number and you track it. If you don't know where your money is, it turns out she'll leave you. The third is strategy. They, you have a strategy for your money. Yeah. So you know where you want to go, what you need to do to get there, and you have a roadmap how to achieve that goal. And lastly is a system. So you have a yeah. system to ensure that the destination that you're going to get to, you have tools to reach it. Team, software, tracking. This might be mean working with the right tax, financial advisory, real estate professionals on a continual basis. So in this level, this is the first level where the money starts to do the work for you.
Most people are not here yet. Here's what I would say. I 100% agree with her. And probably most people that are watching this channel is probably in this quadrant. And I love how she talks about tracking, strategy, and systems. Those are three things that you should underline. And if you don't have one of those, they will improve your life. Then this last level is called Master Allocator. This is where we want to be if we want to be truly generationally free from a financial perspective. Allocators have the most knowledge and financial education of all the matrix investors. They also have the highest net worth because these are the truly rich. Here are the characteristics. Tell me if this sounds like you. Expertise. Well, the C's have education, M's have expertise. Really the good. difference between education and expertise is the difference between a high schooler and a PhD. You understand investments, taxation, structures, deal-making. A generalist versus a specialist. You have a niche and often are the person people go to when they think about investing yeah. in that space. The second is access. So due to your expertise, you get unfair access into deals, opportunities, research, insights. This means that you get returns that most people don't. Then we have trust. All of this leads to trust. When you're an expert, you put your money where your mouth is and you share that with others who want to hear from you. And that gives you the final thing, which is leverage. Ems become allocators or syndicators. Because people trust them, their expertise, and their access, they give them money to allocate to invest for them. This creates leverage. And the Ems then make money when their investments do well. But even more than usual, as you don't have to use just your own money, you get other people's on top of it. Now, when you're a master allocator, 99% of the work is done by your money. Anything else you do for the love of it. And you kind of think about money like an employee. So our goal at Contrarian Thinking is to push as many people to this level of master allocators. Because as we see the world around us continue to punish those who aren't financially free, it's time to raise awareness of what it means to actually create financial freedom. How do you figure out how to overcome inflation at all time highs, wage stagnation, increased taxation? you become an allocator. Now, listening to this, you probably know where you are. You probably have an inkling. And that's the first step because you don't know which staircase to climb if you don't know where you're standing. So now that you're on the right path, you can forget about your W-2, who cares? And turn instead to, do you understand enough about making money that other people can start to treat you as an expert, that you can start to get unfair access, expertise, and allocations. So with that, I hope you like this video. This one's a little bit more tactical. The goal with this video is actually to take you and move you on your financial journey. It's about you. It's not about some guy doing X and Y and Z. It's about taking you from the place you're at today to the place that you want to be. Right. What I love about the master allocator, what she talked about is expertise, access, trust, and leverage. I love leverage. And I actually think these are all forms of leverage. One of the words that I wrote down is credibility. If you have more credibility, you have more trust, you're more likable. People want to like include you and that by default is leverage. I think really the master allocator, and she said this, it takes their money and that money be ultimately becomes leverage for them. And they're thinking about their money doing the work instead of their time, which for many of us watching this is our greatest asset. Their greatest asset is now their ability or knowledge to deploy that capital to create value. Last point I wanna make about the master allocator is two Warren Buffett quotes. First quote is diversification makes very little sense to anyone that knows what they're doing. And the other quote is diversification is protection against ignorance. If you are a master allocator, the last thing you want to do is take the shotgun approach and spread your money all around. You want to take a very, very specific approach to where your money's at because you know you can rig the game in your favor. Did Cody Sanchez change my mind about Robert Kiyosaki's Cashflow Quadrant? The answer is no, but that doesn't mean I didn't like her video. I actually loved her video and I'm really grateful for 
her perspective. And here's what I would say about Robert Kiyosaki. What made Rich Dad Poor Dad so revolutionary is he changed the way that we thought. And it's really has less to do with the cash flow quadrant and it's more to do with the financial freedom. You're financially free when you have enough cash flow coming in, passive cash flow coming in to live your life. I actually hijacked that and said, you are financially free when you have enough cash flow coming in to live your intentional life. What is intentional living? And and what I love about what Cody Sanchez talks about is she takes the cash flow quadrant and she says, okay, instead of you know it being a status of you're either an employee or you're self-employed or you're a business owner, you're investing in assets. What I want to do is I want to take that to another level and say, what type of investor you are? And I think this is a really good exercise to go through. It's like a lot of America who's not watching this video is spending and their, their money's not working for them and they're not better off. In fact, the second quadrant is where a lot of America who thinks they're doing the right thing, but they, they don't have a strategy. They don't have the end game. And so I think if you're in the first two quadrants on either on whether Robert Kiyosaki or her, a lot of times you are not intentional. And again, a common theme is your money is getting eating up by consumption and your money's not creating value and creating cash flow for you. And so the idea is self-awareness is big and I'm just very, very grateful for this video. And that's my take. I would love to hear your take in the comments. And also, if you wanna hear my thoughts on Robert Kiyosaki, I actually did 12 lessons that I learned from Robert Kiyosaki and you can find that some somewhere on this video or down below. Thank you for watching. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.